we continue. Then we moved a little further and saw that a certain man's case was being presented who had died during the time of the Holy Prophet When he died, the Holy Prophet also went out to offer this man's funeral prayer. Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, humbly stated that Huzur, this man was a rebellious hypocrite. Do not offer this man's funeral prayer. The Holy Prophet turned towards the attendees of that man's funeral and inquired from them if any one of them had ever witnessed this man act on any of the teachings of Islam. People responded that, O oh, Holy Prophet وسلم, this man, this man had once given security duty one night in the way of Allah. Upon listening to this, the Holy Prophet offered his funeral prayer poured dust over this man's grave and also addressed his dead body saying, O oh, you who passed away, your peers think that you are hell-bound, but I bear witness that you are heaven-bound. And O oh, Umar, son of Khattab, do not look into the details of people's deeds, but only see if someone was a follower of Islam in a general and a broader sense. Similarly, there was a believer who had partook in various battles. His book of deeds reflected shortfall in good actions, however. Thus, in his scale, his horse, his horse's food staple, even his horse's droppings and urine were added. Thereby, the scale of his good deeds outweighed the scale of his sins. And this way, he rode his horse once again and ran towards paradise. In a similar fashion, many people were simply forgiven on the account of their fellowship, their friendship and love for the prophets, the awliya and other righteous people of God. Because of the promise, Al-Mar'u Ma'a Man Ahabba, that uh, whomsoever you love, you will be with them in the afterlife. They were all granted nearness to those pious people, despite the shortfall in their good deeds. I saw that in one place there was a group of people who used to perform zikr and tasbih, the remembrance of Allah, that were being led to paradise under the shade of the wings of angels of God. Right behind them was a man towards whom Ghufran pointed and said, that the story of this man is also very strange and unique. Once Allah the Almighty inquired from his angels as to what they saw on earth that day. They replied, Lord, some of your servants were sitting and remembering you with great fervor in a mosque. Allah then said, Be a witness. Be a witness that I have forgiven all of them. The angels further stated that, Lord, there was another person present in that gathering, but he was not there to remember you. Rather, he had come for a personal business. Allah said, Be a witness that I have forgiven him as well. 
one who sits near such people will not be in a state of loss. And this is that very man towards whom I had just pointed. Then we moved along and Ghufran pointed towards a person who had just been covered under the mantle of God's forgiveness and said that this man's story is also very, very interesting. This man had left his country with a companion of the Holy Prophet and migrated towards the city of Medina when the Holy Prophet migrated there. But this man fell sick after migrating to Medina and became restless to such an extent that he slit his wrists with the blade of an arrow. Blood started gushing forth, so much so that he died from his wounds. His friend, who was a companion of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, saw him in a dream that he is actually in a very good condition, but he is hiding his hands. His friend asked him in the dream as to what happened to him when he had died. The man replied, that my Lord forgave me because I migrated towards his Prophet, but also ordered that your hands will not be made whole whom you had mutilated. Upon listening to this, the Holy Prophet ﷺ had prayed, O Allah, forgive this man's hands as well. So this man stayed in this condition until today. And now because of this prayer, of Holy Prophet ﷺ, his problem has been removed and now he is on his way to paradise. We move forward and find out that there is a person regarding whom Allah has issued the decree that he himself will reckon this person. So he was presented before the throne of Allah. Allah said to him that do you remember that you committed such and such sins in the world? The man replied, yes, I did do such things, my Lord. The man visibly shaken from top to bottom, thinking that now there will be no refuge for me and I would be sent to hell. Then Allah said to him, look, I had covered your faults and sins from the from becoming public on earth and will cover your sins and faults this day as well. Go and take your book of good deeds with you and leave behind your book of sins with me. The rest is my business. After this, another case was presented in the court of the Almighty God. A criminal was brought forth along with 99 huge registers which carried his deeds. He was then commanded to see if they belonged to him and if he would deny what is recorded in them. He replied, that my Lord, whatever is written in them is indeed true. Then Allah asked him if he has any excuse to present. The man replied, no, I have none. Allah the Almighty then said that I have an excuse in your favor, which is a good deed that you had performed. You will not be wronged today. Thereafter, a piece of paper was presented upon which it was written, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan nahduhu wa rasuluh. 
that Allah ordered for this piece of paper to be put on the scale of his good deeds as soon as it was placed there his scale of good deeds became heavier than all those 99 registers and that man went towards paradise chanting Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah then after this we turned our attention towards another side and saw that a crier was making this announcement on behalf of God, the Lord of all the worlds, that where are those people who used to detach themselves from their beds at night time for my sake? Meaning those people who used to wake up to worship Allah Ta'ala in the middle of the night, namely Tahajjah Salah. As soon as all those people who fell under this verse heard this announcement, they all stood up and gathered on one side and it was ordered by the Almighty God that all of you have been forgiven without any reckoning. After this, a third case was brought to the court of the Almighty Allah. A person was brought forward and it was ordered that read this man's smaller sins and smaller mistakes to him and then ask him if he did do all these things but do not read out his bigger sins. After hearing his smaller sins and smaller misdeeds, the man responded that, Yes, my Lord, all of these are my mistakes which I committed. How can I deny these true reports? While in his heart, the man was fearing that after this, his bigger sins would now be disclosed. While the man was thinking this, Allah the Almighty commanded, Go forth from here. I have forgiven you and have given you a good reward, a neki, for every sin that you committed. Witnessing this, the man became extremely happy and almost became crazy and requested that so far only his smaller sins were disclosed and counted. His bigger sins are yet to be disclosed and that they be disclosed as well so that he may get some reward for those as well. As soon as he uttered these words, the audience present burst out in laughter. The man felt embarrassed and then started walking towards paradise while an angel of Allah covered him with the mantle of God's mercy from behind. Those people who had already received the punishment for their crimes on earth were shown special leniency in the hereafter. There was a person who had committed an evil deed and then went to the ruler of the time and mentioned that he had done such and such evil deeds and requested that although he has repented, but he be punished still so that he does not have to face disgrace before his Lord in the afterlife. Therefore, that man was stoned to death and when he was brought back to life and when he was brought to the great field on the judgment day, he was greeted in the following words, O oh my servant, I have respected your repentance so much that if it was to be distributed among the sinners of an entire city, it would have been sufficient for the forgiveness of that city itself. Soon thereafter, I saw another man who in his time of rule had exacted cruelties on his people. All of those oppressed by him had gathered on the day of judgment to request justice 
against him. But when it was announced that this man had made sincere repentance for all his past sins before he died and had subsequently migrated to the city, the holy city of Medina, it had a profound effect on all those people that were present there. And all of them with one voice requested that we forgive this man his injustices against us and we request that Allah also forgive him. Thereafter, the man was happily escorted and ushered to paradise. More so than this, Allah Himself rewarded handsomely millions upon millions of people who had been wronged and were not given their rights on earth. Thereupon, thereupon those who had been wronged in their earthly life were now giving up all of their rights happily and thereby they were being forgiven their sins. Such unworthy children, such unworthy children whose parents were still happy with them were being forgiven simply because of the law that dictates that happiness of the Lord is intertwined with the happiness of one's father. But the most unique forgiveness which was granted that I witnessed was that of two people. Two sinners were standing on one side awaiting to be escorted to hell while a man walked past them who was going towards paradise and had been forgiven by Allah. One of the sinners said to that man, Brother, do you not recognize me? I am he who once served you water to drink at such and such place when you were thirsty. The other sinner also blurted that, Sir, do not forgive me either, for I am the one who once provided water for you to perform ablution. Today we will be dragged to hell while you stroll along to paradise. This softened the man's heart for these two sinners. And he prayed to Allah right there and then, which was accepted readily. And Allah ordered that take these two men with you to paradise as well. While we were still, done, while we were still not done witnessing this scene, that we started to hear loud cries coming from hell. It was reported, it was reported to Allah that two people are making much noise. It was inquired as to why they are crying out loud so much. Bring them before me. It was then asked from them why they were making so much noise. They responded that they had been burnt and that they cannot withstand this fire any further. That they be forgiven. It was commanded that go back to your place. Your metal, your matter will be reconsidered at a later point in time. At this, one of the two men went back to hell, while the other remained. He was asked, why are you not going back? He replied, Oh Allah, is this why you took me out of hellfire, so that you may send me back in it? Hearing this, the audience started laughing, and the Almighty commanded that, Oh impatient one, find, go, and take your companion out of fire as well. 
both of you have been forgiven. Seeing similar scenes, we came upon a group of the companions of the Holy Prophet There was some quarreling. There was some quarreling happening amongst them. Regarding a companion named Hatib, the witnesses were giving the testimony that this man has committed such a treason against Islam and the Holy Prophet that his punishment on earth could not have been anything other than death. And similarly, it cannot carry any other punishment in the afterlife but the punishment of hell. He had written a letter to the Meccans disclosing to them the plans of the Holy Prophet in regards to the conquest of Makkah. He aided the disbelievers and disclosed the secret of the Prophet and thereby left no stone unturned to destroy the Muslims. Had Allah not informed the seal of the Prophet on time, the entire plan for the conquest of Makkah would have fallen flat. We do not see any man who is a bigger traitor than him. Allah commanded that although what you are saying is true, but let my decree that was issued in the second year after Hijrah regarding the Badri companions be presented. As soon as this was said, the decree of Allah was presented before the court which read, I'malu ma shi'tum fa'inni fa'inni ghafartu fa'inni ghafartu lakum Now do as you please for I have forgiven you. Thereafter Allah said, that there are certain services that a person renders. There are certain services that a person renders which are so significant that this is how I reward them by forgiving their faults. Let Hatib go to paradise. He is also forgiven along with those who took part in the battle of Badr. <coughs> After this, the case of chief of all the prophets, Hamza, son of Abdul Muttalib, the Lion of Allah, was presented before the Almighty's court. Witnesses came forward and stated that one day Hamza was drunk and enjoying the singing of a female slave of his. He told her to ask whatever she desires. Since she harbored enmity against Hazrat Ali ibn Abi Talib. She said that Ali radiallahu anhu has been given two she-camels from the booty of the battle of Badr and that they are tied in such and such place. I desire that I skewer their livers on fire and then devour them. Listening to this request, Hazrat Hamza got up, went to that place where the two she-camels were tied, brutally cut their abdomens open and took out their livers and gave them to the slave woman so that she can eat them. The poor animals died later on crying in extreme anguish and pain. People informed Hazrat Ali about this and he came to the Holy Prophet وسلم, weeping and reported this entire matter. Holy Prophet took Hazrat Ali with him and went straight to the house of Hamza. Hamza, while still intoxicated, said, Are both of you not the slaves of my father? 
Hearing this, the holy prophet came back knowing that Hamza is still drunk and is not in his complete senses at the moment. Therefore, talking to him right now would be futile. Sometime later, Hamza was martyred during the Battle of Uhud and now we the people are requesting that justice be done for the crime that he committed which was against humanity itself and although alcohol had not, had not yet become unlawful, this incident still does not make the matter any less important. This incident demonstrates the hard-heartedness and cruelty exacted by one person, which is naturally abhorred and shunned by the human nature, regardless of whichever faith and nation a person may belong to. Therefore, we who are his type are now requesting that revenge for this crime be carried out. Allah ordered that I have already taken expiation from him for this crime of his. Hamza is the Lion of God, but the expiation we took from him is also apparent. While the lofty status, while the lofty status he has been granted by us is also well known. It is not true, is it not true, that a female slave had Hamza killed those two she-camels? Similarly, Washi, who himself was a slave, was given the incentive of some reward and brought to the battlefield of Uhud, and he cut the abdomen of Hamza, and he cut the abdomen of Hamza the same way that Hamza had done to those two she-camels. Then Hinda, wife of Abu Sufyan, took out the liver of Hamza with same brutality that he had done to the livers of the two she-camels. And the way the female slave of Hamza had skewered the livers of the she-camels and ate them, so did Hinda bite on the liver of Hamza in front of everyone in the battlefield of Uhud. And in recompense for the second she-camel, Hinda mutilated the body of Hamza by cutting off his nose, ears, and lips and made a garland out of them, which she then wore boastfully before the very people. And Hamza had called the Holy Prophet ﷺ a slave of his father. Similarly, it was a slave who killed Hamza ultimately and not someone respected from among the leaders of the Quraysh. Now, Inform me of which of the inequities of Hamza have we not exacted revenge already? The one who ate the livers of the she-camels was a female singer. And similarly, the one who ate the liver of Hamza was also a female singer who was singing in the battlefield of Uhud. But because Hamza was dear to us, we decided that even in his death he be bestowed honor and his martyrdom caused him fame as the chief of all the martyrs and all the things and all the things that were done to him post-mortem caused him absolutely no pain thus we covered him with such a mantle of forgiveness that his status was also elevated and your claims and your claims for revenge 
was also fulfilled. Now take Hamza to paradise and build his abode next to his nephew. For I am pleased with him and he is pleased with me. After listening to this verdict, we went ahead and we saw a Muslim whose every single deed was tarnished except the fact that he did not commit shirk, meaning he did not associate anyone with Allah the Almighty. Apart from this, his entire <coughs> life was spent committing sins. It was nigh that the angels of hell would drag him to hell, that the mighty voice of God echoed in air, I am forgiving this man, even though he is such a big sinner. But because he believed that his Lord is most forgiving and most merciful, and I'm making him enter paradise this day. Next to him was another man standing, whose book, whose book of deeds was filled with sins and acts of disobedience through and through, except that on almost every other page there was one or two istighfars present that he had presented before Allah from time to time. Allah ordered that I have pardoned all the sins of my servant because of his istighfar. Then the matter of a blind man was presented. Allah commanded that since I had taken away two of his dear things, meaning his eyes. Now he is deserving that I forgive him. After this, I saw that a never-ending sea of people, those who were sick or had faced some difficulties in life, were standing. It was ordered by the Almighty God that those whom I want to forgive in the afterlife I let them not part the world until I cause them some physical illness or lack of provision due to each of their sins and thereby make them worthy of paradise. Since this humble one has also been sick since my childhood, I became extremely happy after listening to this directive of Allah and suddenly all of my ailments, my illnesses, seemed to become a source of comfort for me. A little later, I said to Khufran, Brother, I have seen many manifestations of Allah's mercy today. His mercy is a never-ending sea, and now I feel tired as well. 
please take me back. At this, we started our journey back. But seeing me tired, he kept me busy by iterating some of the reasons and ways through which one gets forgiven. And they are as follows. Number one, that no person can attain forgiveness and inherit the everlasting paradise simply on account of his or her good deeds. But rather, good deeds are a source of absorbing God's grace, which is Allah's fazl. Thus, the real thing is His grace upon which one's salvation relies and not upon one's actions. Second thing is that Allah is the one who appreciates even a small gesture. Khuda nukta namaz hai. Third, third thing is that Allah is willfully most forgiving and most merciful and does whatsoever He pleases. He forgives whomsoever without reckoning while forgiving some through a light and soft reckoning while requiring a full reckoning from others. Number four, His mercy is always dominant over His wrath. Number five, all of His punishments are based on some wisdom and reasoning and not based on His displeasure and anger. So much so that even hell serves like a hospital and is temporary, not everlasting. Number six, there is not a single person among the entire creation of the Lord who has the power to forgive the sins of another person. It is Allah and Allah alone who can forgive sins. Innahu la illallah. Number seven, his court is absolutely free of any misjudgment. Either there is mercy or justice or there is adequate punishment. Number eight, reward for a good deed is returned manifolds, whereas the recompense for an evil deed is not manifolds, rather it is equal to the deed itself. If someone only makes the intention to do good, then even that intention carries a reward. But if someone intends to do some wrong, but is unable to carry it out, then there is no punishment for it. And if someone intends to do evil, but then willfully abstains from committing it, then even that would be counted as a good deed and not an evil deed instead. Number nine, the prayer of istighfar carries a lot of weight in the court of Allah. Number ten, if a person does istighfar for another person, then not only it is accepted on behalf of the other person, but the one who makes the prayer of istighfar also gets an equal share from the forgiveness. And that the best form of gift for and that the best form of gift from the living for the dead is istighfar. Number eleven, the most forgiving and merciful God has appointed innumerable angels in every nook and corner of the universe. 
and also an honorable crowd of angels has been appointed next to his throne so that they may keep on praying for the forgiveness on human, of human beings. Allah does not hesitate from forgiving a believer even if his or her sins are equal to a mountain or that they reach the skies and that each day an innumerable number of sins of human beings are simply forgiven by the most forgiving and most merciful Allah. Number 12, in the hereafter, all the prophets, especially the crown of all the prophets, Hazrat Muhammad وسلم, and other pious people will also be granted the permission to intercede. And as a result of their intercession, an innumerable amount of people will be forgiven and that not only such elders and pious people will get to intercede but the Holy Quran and its surahs will also intercede and play their part in getting sinners forgiven. Number 13, ultimately the most forgiving and most merciful Lord will enter His hand in hell saying that all those who were going to intercede have already done so. And now it is my turn, who is the Rahman, the Hanan, and Manan God to intercede. By saying this, he will take out the remaining criminals and hell would become free of its residence while the morning breeze of Allah's mercy will rattle its doors and even Pharaoh and Abu Jahl after a certain time would be forgiven and would be then seen covered in the mantle of God's forgiveness. Hell would only hold on to a criminal until he or she has been rectified. As the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has said Hatta idha habbu wattakaw that as soon as a person learns civility, morality, and attains the purity of heart which is necessary to enjoy the life in heaven in perfect unison with the residents of paradise, he or she will be made to enter paradise right there and then. And lastly, number 14. Some people are in this dilemma that since Allah is more caring for His servants than his or her own parents, then why would he send them to hell? So the reality is that hell in actuality is primarily reserved for those polytheists who are enemies of Allah and his jamaat, those who are severe opponents and those who oppose and fight Allah and his messenger Even parents, Even parents become enemies of their children when the children become evil and rebellious insurgent. Apart from such evildoers, whatever is taking place here with other types of sinners has been witnessed by you today. Apart from these things which you saw, there are thousands of other means as well through which Allah forgives. And there are hundreds of thousands of such deeds that are liked by the most forgiving and most merciful God. Some of these good deeds are prayers, fasting, good morals, 
keeping one's elders happy, obeying one's parents, being obedient to husband, taking care of the orphans, giving charity, repentance and istighfar, preaching, remembrance of Allah, fear of Allah, God consciousness, to have hope in Allah, to guard against the bigger sins, to respect the elderly, to forgive the mistakes of others, to love Allah the Almighty, giving favors to others, Ihsan, to recite the rule with intensity, fervor, and love, Bakasrat or Muhabbat Kisadurudparna. Sincerity, striving in God's way, which is jihad, sacrifices, recitation of the Holy Quran, etc. Hence, all such good ways and righteous deeds absorb forgiveness for the believers, while sometimes even a small gesture can lead to one's forgiveness in the court of the Almighty. If you come by again, I will tell you more about this. Gufran had not yet finished talking that the same huge gate through which we had entered the Judgment Day field came once again in our sight. Seeing that gate, I regained my senses and became conscious once again. What I see is that I am in my home, sitting on my bed, writing this very essay with a pen in my hand. But the only line that I wrote in complete consciousness is this last phrase. And the conclusion of our prayer shall be that all praise be to Allah, the Lord of all the worlds. Wa akhiru da'ana. And alhamdulillahi. Rabbi Allah.